Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. They're creepy and they're crawly. They're totally disgusting. Obsessed with worms? That's putting it mildly. Todd is so fascinated with worms, he keeps a worm farm in his basement. Most of all, Todd loves torturing his sister and her best friend with worms, dropping them in their hair, down their backs. Until one day, after cutting a worm in half, Todd notices something strange. The rest of the worms seem to be staring at him. Suddenly, worms start showing up in the worst places for Todd, in his bed, in his homework, even in his spaghetti. What's a worm lover to do when his own worms are starting to gross him out? I'm just thinking about the worst place a worm could pop up. Spaghetti's not great. I'm just thinking about like you're on your wedding day and you're about to do your vows. And then they're like, I'll tell you where Jeff, Jeff, I will tell you the worst part place for a worm to show up. Um, in a, I know you didn't interrupt my bit to not have a bit. Jeff, go back to your bit. What was it? I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's, it's expired much like the milk in the fridge. You've, you've, you're dead to me. Welcome to Geesebumps, a did you mean Goosebumps podcast? I didn't. Shut the fuck up. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. My name is Jojo and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff and I have to correct Danielle. It's actually not Thanksgiving. This is releasing the day before Thanksgiving. Maybe not in Canada. Ooh, Danielle. Danielle, this Danielle, did you hear this? Yeah. Danielle, it's Thanksgiving Eve, which is the date that all the little boys and girls go to bed wondering which of the presents under the Thanksgiving tree contains turkey. And the trick is they all contain turkey. They all contain turkey. Turkey it's pie again. Turkey pie again. Um, There's a lot of turkey in there. Yeah. So much turkey in that turkey pie. Um, guys. Yeah. On today's episode of Geesebumps. Uh, did you? Uh, did I mean goosebumps? Did you? I did. Damn it! Uh, what did we? What did we read for today's episode? Go eat worms. So who's doing the synops? The synopsis. So go eat worms. No, you eat worms. It, you oh, eat worms. Shit, you guys caught me, asshole. <laughs> there's by. Hey, Jeff, listen. There's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be Jeff. a lot of that. So this book, this this magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to to break it open and, and tell us what it's about? Danielle, you love Danielle, you love this book, so I think this this one needs to be yours. I don't think Danielle's done one in a while either. I don't think Danielle's done one in a while either. So I think this is a good time. Danielle, yeah. please regale us. I'll give you yeah, you know what? You know what? Just because Danielle, just because and don't tell Jeff this. Jeff, listen. Jeff, turn your head. Because Danielle's my favorite person on the podcast. That's right. Even more than me. Documented, yes. I think Danielle is going to have to do the plot summary for this one. Jeff, I'm sorry. It was a really close race. 
but I, I, I like you way less as it turns I'm hanging out. Hanging up my apron. <laughs> I'll be back in um, the Christmas special. Pack your the, knives the, and go. <laughs> you know your jokes needed a little more spice. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pull up my stopwatch. And uh, Danielle, I'm going to give you two minutes Ooh, two to minutes. to talk about the plot oh boy. of Go Eat Worms. Okay. All right. And? Yes. Go. Okay. Todd Barstow is an annoying little shit. And he has a, like, hard-on for worms, which we will get to later. But he's got a sister, sister, a sister, Regina, who does not like worms. And as you can see, I've forgotten the fine details of this story. But <laughs> you remember the character's whole ass name, so that's good. But, yeah, so um, something about... Um, uh, worm pranks. There's a lot. There's several instances of of putting worms in food and and making someone eat it. And then there's a science fair and there's a big bird at the science fair because reasons. And uh, it pukes up worms. And then they go and they're digging in the earth. And there's like a fucking giant sandworm that comes out of the ground. But then the fucking sister and her big ass bird happen to be walking by. Timing is nice. And uh, and the big bird scares the big dumb worm back into its hole. Danielle, we asked you to do the synopsis for Go Eat Worms, not the movie Dune, which just came out. <laughs> this is a, an adaptation of Dune by R.L. Stein. I think you probably have like a minute left, Danielle. Yeah. Uh, 38 seconds, actually. Sure, yeah, well. This is uh, the, Danielle, hey, Danielle, this is a terrible job. I feel like I got the main point across. I mean, worms, I no, I, bird. No, you, mm, no. Um, oh, and then he, 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 he's a little shit. He's a little fuck face. And he, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. He cuts a worm in half in front of all the other worms. And then he's convinced that they all want to kill him. I just want everyone to know that I live with this. <laughs> What a joy. <laughs> Imagine this, but you're asking what you want for dinner. <laughs> and that is time. <laughs> that is time, everybody. That was very good. Let's, uh, hey, hey, let's, uh, yeah, let's do the, let's, let's make sure that people who didn't read this are going to be able to follow along with what we're talking about. Uh, so as Danielle alluded to in her mm, synopsis, <laughs> It was more sin than opposite. This, if you will. The, the, uh, hey, Danielle, that was the equivalent of you. I was like, hey, what's your book report? And you, you were just like, a lot of people are curious about what this book is about. Uh -huh. In conclusion, in conclusion and then you just sit down. People are curious. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Bart Simpson. So this <laughs> this book, it concerns a character named Todd Barstow. He has a sister named Regina and a friend named Danny. Todd, uh, he's obsessed with worms. He likes digging them up. Um, he, uh, he digs them up in the baseball field at his school and he basically just enjoys tormenting them and he likes tormenting others with them by like hiding them in things or hiding them in food or whatever. Real practical worm jokester. It's, well, it's rife with potential for Rife pranking. with comedy. This is a, and, and his sister hates it. His friend Danny loves it. So there you go. Yeah. Boys being boys, boys being boys, boys, boys being boys, locker room talk. Now, Todd finds out, you know, there's going to be a science fair. 
his sister is making a paper mache bird. And then one day he sees, right before the science fair, this other kid named Patrick who's digging up worms in the field. And nice, attractive little fuck face. Little Aryan boy, Patrick. Yeah, little fucking SS. Mowing his, mowing his worm lawn. <laughs> mowing his worm lawn. Uh, Regina says... Is that what happens when you shave your pubes? Re- Regina... <laughs> shut up, Danielle. Regina says <laughs> that uh, Patrick's... Uh, you know, his project is going to fucking bring down the house and, and, and Todd's like, but it, and it involves worms. So, you know, Todd's science fair project is a, is a glass aquarium of, of worms, but to show worm behavior. It's like an ant farm, but it's just worms. Yeah. And it's a worm the, the big grand prize, the reason everyone even wants to win this stupid science fair is that the grand prize oh, yes. is a computer. Computer. It's a computer. Which in 1993 was like... Quite expensive. It's quite expensive. It's an iMac. It's an early <laughs> iMac. It's worth the blue one. It's the one you like. Ooh, yeah. So um, he goes over to the place, Patrick's house. Patrick has a big dog. He runs away. He's very scared. So that wasn't actually it wasn't Patrick's actually house. Patrick's house. So um, they go back to uh, the house. Regina, he realizes that Regina was fucking with him. And this is the big thing, right? The whole book is predicated on the idea that Regina is trying to get revenge on Todd. And the way that she does so is by basically making him believe that the worms are on their own out to get him for many details, one of which Danielle somehow remembered in her stupor <laughs> of him cutting a worm in half. Now, at the science fair, as it turns out, Patrick's project was literally just a bigger version. <laughs> worm skyscraper. Taller worm. Of Todd's project. Yeah. Um, Patrick did not win. Todd did not win. Alas. The girl's project was a paper mache bird that Todd sabotaged yep. uh, with worms. Of course. Nice. So they didn't win. The winner was actually Danny, who made a uh, model of the solar system with balloons. As time goes on, he just keeps thinking that worms are after him. He finds them in his uh, his backpack. He finds them on his bed. He eats them on accident. In his hat, too. In his, in hat. his hat. His Raiders hat. His Raiders, his Raiders cap. cap. Oh, black and silver. Raiders parking only. Eventually, he realizes, like, he starts kind of imagining, not imagining. There's one part where his friends are like, or not friends, his sister's like, the worms are watching you. <laughs> And when he cuts the worm in half, he's he, she's like, the worms are watching you do this. They don't seem happy. And he's like, the worms don't have faces, they don't have brains, nothing. It's a worm. And then and but but because of all the weird shit that's happening, he starts really believing, like, well, fuck, maybe the worms are after. He starts me. seeing them like pop their little heads up, like little periscopes yeah. watching him. Yeah. And we and, and again, like, we don't know if, how true that is. There's one part where it seems like he's being eaten in a bathtub, but as it turns out, <laughs> that was a dream. That was a dream. <laughs> you know, I'll give this book credit for only having only one, one fake, fake out. out. Yeah. Good job. Only one fake out. But at the at the very end, he realizes that the whole just the whole time it was Regina great. fucking <laughs> with him, just really elaborate. She's yeah. much better at it than he and is. And he decides, you you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to get the ultimate revenge. And he goes out, he digs up a bunch more worms, but as he's doing so, and this is something that, again, I don't think Danielle mentioned because whatever, every time he went to go dig up worms, he felt what seemed like an earthquake. And at the very end of the book, it turns out there really were worms that were noticing his cruelty. And one of them was a giant worm Mm -hmm. that I guess communicated telepathically that it was going to get revenge. And it tried to kill him. The spice must flow. The spice must flow. And at the very end, his sister's walking by with her bird paper mache statue from the science fair. The giant worm's afraid of it because worms is worms. And then 
uh, Todd says he stays off. He's like, I'm never going to do worms again. Cold warming. <laughs> Cold warming. And the final thing he does is he's killing butterflies to be a taxidermy thing. And he imagines a butterfly attacking him. Oh, he didn't imagine it. A pen. It happened. We don't know, Jeff. And that is the end of the film yeah. book. Yeah. This is, this is, I, I didn't like this book at the start because I was like, this is the worst. This is the first book I've ever read where you got to like hang out with a, like a literal sociopath. Yes. He is seriously a serial killer. He is. He is the Joker. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I was like this. I, I hate he's the Todd is the most unlikable character out of any of the books Which that is, I, we've read so far. Oof, that is saying something. That's a, a Jeff. Jeff. That's a big, that's a big thing you just said. Yeah. This is the right? most unlikable guy. That is a big claim. What about why I'm afraid of bees guy? He was annoying, but, but he, he was not. a sociopath. I was not afraid for other people when he was angry. What about deep trouble guy? He was annoying just because he thought that he was a big superstar, yeah. but he wasn't. Every time in this book, a lot of times Todd physically is aggressive with his sister in a way that made me yeah. uncomfortable to read. Yeah. Like yeah, Todd is so. not well. The, the, yeah. the character of Todd at first, I was like, this book is going to be awful. It sucks. It's I hate him. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm rooting for the sisters. She's the protagonist that I don't get to hang out yeah. with. No, I was on her side the whole time. And once I, I got away from the he's the protagonist vibe, this book, I would say probably in my top five of R.L. Stein's. Yeah, because it actually, like, plot-wise, it actually kind of makes sense and it doesn't ever go, like, completely fucking wild. It had a fairly, like, consi- like good progression of events. Mm-hmm. Pretty steady pace. Yeah. A fair amount of characters that were memorable in their own way. Yep. Worms? Lots of worms. It did have worms, didn't it? You know what, Jeff? I will admit that it did have worms. It had, you know, and it had the things that that we at Geesebumps have have come to just look at as like, you don't realize you appreciate it until you don't have it. We had some soup. Yeah, Mm -hmm. immediately at the very beginning. You know what? I gotta say, we had a real... We, we we had a real just like an embarrassment of riches. Really did. And and soup mentions all different flavors, vegetable, chicken mm-hmm. noodle, all of, with worms. A lot in of it. food stuff because that's the that's where that's where the, that's worms, where the worms get go. To. Yeah. yeah. We had we had a you know, we had um something that I've noticed that Arlstein loves to do a lot. Uh drowning a kid in a bathtub. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. He really he's for a parent, that's something he seems a little preoccupied Don't with. Don't let Arlstein bathe your children. I think I think you know what I think it is. I think every time it's a dream because for R.L. Stein, it is probably a dream. I think he has like two kids. His favorite movie <laughs> is The Others. If you're <laughs> we we have uh, you know we have some fat shaming. Oh, of course. Just a, just a, you know just a, just a chef's kiss of fat shaming. We got ping pong. We got ping pong. Yeah. We ping got pong ping back. pong. Didn't got we? Got ping yeah. pong in there. We've got oh, we have we, we have chapters ending right as something happens, mm-hmm. but actually was executed. Pretty well, yeah. Like which not I like that. as cheap as usual. It 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 manages. It's it seems like it had an extra four hours of work put into it. Yeah, but this this book had yeah it had a lot of the all the boxes were ticked. Yeah, the only yeah. thing it didn't tick was a likable character, which most of them don't have a likable character no. or a stickable landing. I think this book sucked at the end. Yeah, the ending was pretty lame. It rushed it rushed through the which ending. Which in a way is as goosebumps as a guess. Oh yeah, that is. True to form, but uh, it, 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 I would just before we get into meat and potatoes, yeah, which I hope there's no worms in. Oh, no, happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, eat some worms. 
Happy troublesome week, everybody. Happy troublesome week. Happy problematic holiday week. Eat some turkey. Enjoy those sales. Enjoy, Enjoy those the sales. sales. Oh, I can't wait to check those sales. Oh out. man, I can't wait. To- so many sales. You know what's else? You know what? If you guys want to check out what's on sale right now, did Ooh. you? I can't. Be- I yes. can't believe you've done <laughs> this. Do it, plug it. Plug it. Plug it. Did you know that Geese Bumps and Mom Hat Studios in general have uh, options on Teespring for you to purchase for we yourself have and loved ones? Merch. There's merch you can Gorgeous. buy. Gorgeous merch. Yeah. And listen, if you go and buy it all, Jeff will stop talking about it. So I don't know. That's I don't know about all oh, that, but uh, it, it, one can hope. Yeah. We could see. One hope. One Let's hopes. experiment and see what happens. I was like, you know what? I love how organic that was. It was just purely just grassroots organization. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Coming that's, for that's, you. Hey, that's direct democracy. Yeah, in action, exactly. Everybody. This is what our founders dreamed of. Did uh did RL Stein RLSVP to this one? It didn't with me. No. Didn't, I mean, did he, D- Danielle, did he with you? I mean, there, there's a lot of issues about dicks and fannies, but uh, that's a Danielle original. <laughs> that's a Danielle original. That's a Danielle. But, uh, it's a bit of a Danielle remix. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you use all the stems of RL Stein to put together your own jam. <laughs> Joe, did did Arl Stein RSVP with you? Uh, well, you know what? Let me go and check my uh, check your email. My, check your yeah. spam. Let me check my email. Dig down in the files. Spam here. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. You know, um, I he he's not gonna come by, but he did send a video email. Oh, interesting. Like a video telegram. Wow, like uh, like like movies from the '90s and '80s said the future would be like. Like mo- Yes, you know, like like it's like you've got mail. Yeah. Jojo, why don't you roll that beautiful bean footage? Okay, here we go. Oh, is this? Oh, okay, I think I, I think it's on. Hi, uh, I'm not, go- I'm not going to come to your stupid podcast record. Oh, that seems mean. I'll, re- I'll rewind it. Hi, I'm, I'm sorry, Jojo and Kang. I'm not going to be able to come by and help you with your little podcast. It is pretty small. Maybe that's rude too. I'm going to rewind it. Oh my god. How can it's it's not a VHS tape RL. <laughs> you can't rewind it. Okay. Hi guys, it's me. <laughs> really likable Stein. That's pretty basic, but it's fine. And I'm here to talk about my uh my, one of my finest wo- bo- books. Ah oh, jeez. I'm sure I'll be able to fix that when this is over before I send it. Uh go eat worms. Uh, now, a lot of you, uh, and by a lot of you, I'm imagining just one of you, is certain there's a lot of sexual innuendo in this particular book, but I just want to say, fair, but what this book is about to me is very simple, capitalism. That's right, one more again. You see, the basic premise of the book is a character named Todd, who is a sociopath who, as we well know, is uh, clearly indicated to be a member of the 1%. He even goes out of his way to say he hides the fact that how rich he is. And he says things like, rich people get weird sometimes. And Danny's like, how do you know that? partner? That seems a lot of weird. The big thing about Todd is he's all about using a small dehumanized creature in order to both get his kicks and achieve some kind of social advancement, including getting revenge against other people who he considers to be 
Well, people. But as time goes on, he's trying to be convinced of the fact that these lowly 99% worms are actually capable of things like emotion and anger and revenge. And he even starts imagining that the masses will rise up and cut his head off. Egalite, fraterne, worms. Is this like, this is like Occupy Wall Street, but it's Occupy Todd Street. Yeah, capitalism. That's what's in here. Uh, that's that's what it's about. Guys, I think guys, I think I'm just gonna hit pause on this. I think I'm just gonna. So I'm glad RL could uh, do the barest of minimums <laughs> and and give us something to jump off uh, from as a starting point uh, with with go eat worms. And I guess I guess now it's about getting into some details with this book. Yeah. So I, I find, uh, I think it's important to kind of just like, to just like start with literally the first line. And I, I, I literally the first line of this one, chapter one, page one, sentence one. Word one? Uh, because it does something that I think in most most books of R.L. Stein's or generally mm. is sort of like a cheap trick. Yes. The band. Yes. Is uh, is the uh, the uh, the omniscient third person narrator who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Which yeah is it's always confusing like the perspective that you have yes. in a Kingsman's book. Because it makes you go like, who the fuck is yeah, saying all this? Yeah, there's, there's like a, there's a, there's an omnipresent, omni, yeah, omniscient. Thank you, omniscient an voice. Also uh, omnipresent, feller. but whatever. I mean, it can't be killed, so yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, but then there's also just like the narrator, and they're not the same person, but but, but it's played out like it is a almost like a point of view yes. first person because you yeah. never take another perspective in any of these books aside from the main character. No, no. But yeah. but it's not like they're not talking. In the in the internal dialogue, like it's still he, yes. hey, them, yeah. um, but it is. I, I think maybe it's sort of like a precursor to him doing the Slappy World books. Yeah, it definitely seems like this is like testing those waters. The first line of this is before the worms turned mean, before they slithered out to get their revenge. Todd Barstow had a great time with him. There is uh, something about that opening line that that immediately sets you up like well what like it it almost like it fucks itself over by doing that yeah because it's like well wait a minute then what's this book gonna be about because i because if i already know like it's worm revenge (laughs) what like what's the like what's the what's the i don't need to read it anymore okay the worms are gonna get him because he's a bad guy yeah i get it this is for those ones that first yeah that is that it's uh, here's it, it. It gives you an expectation, but it's also a lie. But like by the end of the book, you realize they were not slithering out to get their revenge. No, they didn't give a fuck. I do have a. I have a little thing from uh, chapter one. I'd like to share. Okay. Sure, what Jeff. Okay. So the first chapter is giving us our, our look at Todd and the supporting cast. So we got Todd. We've got his best friend Danny. They really go out of their way to kind of name here's everybody. Yeah, yes. and and Todd and Danny, just for the sake of kind of knowing the vibe of these two, they're effectively like the bullies that don't know they're bullies. Yes, the incels. Yeah, they they are they're they're they they suck to they they are awful to everybody except each other, yep. and even to each other they are occasionally awful to. Yes, pretty bad. Like oh, so much as we're da- so much as our first in- our first meeting with Danny is it's it goes and this is chapter one and page I don't know like four, 
he found Danny at the water fountain outside the classroom. Danny had a finger pressed over the fountain spout, and when kids <laughs> passed by, he made the water squirt all over them. <laughs> what a di- what an what asshole! A shit. What an asshole! I do have to say that this book really captured what junior high was like. It's very petty. Yeah, there's like, there's no. Do I like them? Are they good? Are they kind of bad? No, these kids from the from the get go, they suck. Yes, they there, suck. There's bad. no point in this book that they try to like humanize either of them. The only time they try to humanize um, Todd is when he gets into a bath at one point. <laughs> it's like he's gonna drown. Yeah. But that. this is this is a couple pages down. This is um, uh, again still chapter one. This is the second to last page before the end of chapter one. Um, they're talking about the science fair because that's the big to do for that year. Mm-hmm. It's the ball for all the kids, which is as far as as far as me remembering my science fairs that I had to do. I did them last minute. I hated. Oh, all. yeah. I fucking hated science. Joe, fair. did you have a science oh. fair that you ever did? No, I don't think so. All right. What would you have done? I don't know. Probably probably some with magnets. Now my eyes have been opened because how do they even work? Right. So so right now what the, the concern that Todd has is that he's like, I'm going to fucking win this shit. He's going to fucking take He is confident. Yeah. He's talking to Danny. He's like, hey, I checked out the other projects. My project is the only one with real living creatures. My con- project is fucking lit. Yeah. Have you seen worms before? Sure. Have you fucking seen Have worms? You seen Have you seen this? Hey, hey, wait, 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 hey, wait. Have you seen worms? Do you understand? Then, uh, do you get it? Do you see? That's science. That's science. Now that's the yeah. future. <laughs> so he says, my project is the only one with real living creatures, except for Heather Snails. And then he says, Heather snails have done a lot. Heather has done a lot of experience with her snails, Danny commented. And then we get this line, which I kind of just want to see, like, what your guys' take is on it. Mm. So what, Todd snapped? Snails are for babies. <laughs> we had snails in first grade. No one cares about snails in sixth grade. No way they could compete with worms. Did I just want to know, is it just me or did I, did, did I literally miss out on this? On junior high, on seventh grade graduation and snails being the thing that you no longer yes, did. Where they're like, and now we put snails to bed, children, for we have become <laughs> young adults. I want to know what about snails is like, oh, that's a that's a baby. That's a that's a for babies. I mean, snails are arguably more complex than worms. L- 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 so. Snails. Okay, listen, here's the question. Snails have shells. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where the where the fuck are they getting them from? <laughs> you know what? You ever just see a snail shell just float? <laughs> where the where are they fucking getting them from? Because nothing nothing about a snail is that hard no. except for the shell. And you always is like you you name the shell like a separate object. Oh my god, I'm genuinely. <laughs> I want to know what did this snail do in its infancy that it had to learn to evolve a hard casing around its body? How, how much of an asshole was it but, to but other also, animals? But also, but also, and this and fucking this is what's gonna fucking bake your noodle. A snail shell can't protect against jack shit. No, it, it may as well be covering itself with dry spaghetti. Hold on. Is that what happens to spaghetti I drop? <laughs> That's where it goes. Is that where it goes? Dude. We've all we've all accidentally oh, stepped yeah. on a snail at some point. We all know the sound. And it is yes. a, it is it is quite the crunch. Yeah. It is quite the sound. It is yeah. scarring. Do they can they live without it? Well, here's the thing. A slug, you might say. Yeah. Do they trans? Do you turn into slug without snail? Is it like a butterfly but slimy? If you give a slug a plant, st- a leaf stone, uh-huh. does it become a snail? Danielle. Well, I was busy reading oh. about what happens if the shell is. <gasps> 
cracked. Oh no. Is this going to make me sad or is this going to make me happy? Uh, I've stepped on a fair amount of snails in my lifetime. Not on purpose. I'm not sure they survived enough, Jeff, to see what happens after the fact. But go on, Danielle. Please continue reading Wikipedia. Uh, no, I'm actually reading PetSnails.co.uk. <laughs> oh, no. And they sound is, like people who really like snails. This is an article called How to Rescue Snails That Are Stepped On. That's oh, no. a bad sign already. Go mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. So what, what they're saying is uh, if the shell is cracked or chipped mm -hmm. or there's a hole but the overall integrity of the shell is reasonable. <laughs> the snail will probably recover. You're just going to have to pay your deductible and You're, it's fine. Exactly. It's, You're going to yeah, have we'll, to have we'll an exchange, inspector. We'll exchange insurance. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> if the shell has split into pieces, but still covers the body, the, it, it, the snail may even survive. Minor body damage can be healed. Mm. However, snails that look really mangled. Oh, such as the body has been crushed badly or well, the internal organs are sticking out <laughs> of gaping cracks. I'm sorry, in the internal. Shell. Who's looking at this? Like, oh shit, there's a sliver. It's not going to survive. <laughs> I'm, as far as I'm concerned, and this is no offense to people who love snails, it's just goo inside. Look, all of us inside, if you really, if you squish this hard enough, we're all just goo inside. We're all just goo in there. <laughs> okay, well, now now we get a little bit of a personal aside here. Um, oh, an editor's if a note. snail stepped on us, if a snail stepped on us, it wouldn't be like there's its liver, so. Uh, It'd be like, oh, that crunch, I know that sound. Oh, uh, that. Ooh, I gotta go wipe my shoes ooh, off now. sticky. So, uh, this person says that if they have been mangled, uh, that I euthanize them <laughs> by stamping on them. <laughs> so I, I, here's the thing. So it's like if you accidentally step on it once and it is no longer then really step on it the second time. Do it, do it right. You check, it. you check its medical ID bracelet. Right. You <laughs> look for internal organs. You, you See if it says DNR, then take it <laughs> and out. Then you're like, all right. I like how euthanize is just, I did the thing I accidentally did the first time. I just did it more thoroughly. <laughs> I, I finished the fight. <laughs> but there's nothing about if it's like removed from its snail, its, its shell. If, if, the, if, the, okay, guys, if this was the same rules for, for like minor car accidents. <laughs> oh God, we'd be fucked. I rear-ended this lady. Oh man, she fell out of her car. Oh, oh she's, she survived though. Time Kill to run her, her over. <laughs> Gotta euthanize her. Time to finish it off. Finish the fight, Master Chief. Kill that old woman. It doesn't say anything about like if there's. Can they be detached from their shell? Yes. Uh, it seems like it. Is it like a turtle? Where it's yeah. like part of its like, like anatomy. Like it is part of its anatomy, and mm. but it can regrow the shell also. Oh. Because the shell is made of uh, calcium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. And the shell grows additively. Where's it getting all this calcium from? From Sunny D. By the addition of calcium so, carbonate. You know, you know what, Jeff? That's bullshit because <laughs> snails hate the sun. <laughs> Which is secreted by glands located in the snail's mantle. So it oozes calcium carbonate, which turns into a shell. So it grows fingernails around its body. Exactly. So it, those long, curvy fingernails, that's what it is. Nature is a wonderful, disgusting. There's a How little, does it even work? There's a little snail in all of us. There is. There's. I mean, statistically speaking, yeah. <laughs> we I are. Mean, if, you buy, if you buy your salads from Safeway, there's a little snail. <laughs> there's a little definitely snail some you. snail in you. 
I'm just saying cook. I'm just saying cook all your lettuce before you eat yeah. it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. I have to say, I, I I had that that section to read. I'm so happy that we learned something from right? it. Right? Like something tangible yeah. and something tangible. We got something we, out I think of it. We this. all learned something yeah, today. We did. Yeah. We did. And I'll and uh, also that snails are better than worms. Yes. Snails are better than worms. Fucking way better. Like yeah. fucking fuck them. I mean, I feel like that's a really important character like still right there where fucking dipshit Todd is like snails are for babies worms are which cool it's like no Danny no you're not Danny Pokemon the anime is for babies I only watch Inuyasha yeah so okay bud why don't you go back to your basement yeah nobody wants to hear from you no one wants to hear from it So I just, I had that. I, and I think that Danielle and I was, we were reading it together. I was like, man, that's a hard, that's a hot take on snails. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I have to, I have to disagree. You have to disagree. Yep. The stance of geese bumps is that snails are not any worse than worms. In fact, they are superior. Snails are superior. Mm. Yep. That's, right. mm. So that's what I, that's what I had for, for also for chapter we're one. Get, hey, hey, Jeff, RIP your mention. <laughs> Oh, no, Danielle's the one that runs the Twitter for the geese. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. Like, Danielle's mentions as so well. Actually, snails are born with the beginnings of their shell, and they oh just God, gradually God, add God, to God, it. God. So, like, oh God, you guys off. Fuck off. fucking got it really wrong. You guys are stupid. Fuck off, Goosebumps who quotes f- out of context. <laughs> who gave you a PhD? Jesus um, Christ. I ask that question a lot sometimes. <laughs> Say. That's a fair question. When you're around somebody who has a PhD long enough, you start to ask. You start to ask nobody in particular. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wonder how hard them things are to get. Actually, <laughs> turns out not that tough. Can't yeah. be that hard. Right. I would like to bring our attention to uh, page twenty-six. What chapter is that? This is chapter six, end of the chapter. Okay. okay. This is pretty, pretty interesting to me because it's it's showing um, something sort of bonkers <laughs> uh, in the character of Todd beyond what we've already established. Um, actually, this kind of starts on page twenty-five. Todd has found out that Patrick, handsome, handsome, handsome rich Patrick, handsome Patrick. rich Patrick is gonna do a, he's gonna do a worm thing. And also, I want to note Patrick who hangs out with all the ladies. Oh yeah, yeah. He gets uh, you know all the single ladies hang out with Patrick. Yep. He's a he's a you know he's a stand up dude. He's handsome. Yeah, um, Patrick. He uh, he has some kind of worm based project. He doesn't tell homeboy what it is because he it's who cares. The bell rings. <laughs> he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> Patrick but, is not a bad guy. He no. Just, Patrick no, is no, a no. bystander, no, if anything. Guy. Yeah, but but Todd just can't fucking can't stand deal. it. Mm-hmm. So he's like he goes to his sister who knows where he lives and it's like where <laughs> where does where does he live and and uh Reggie's like why <laughs> that's a weird question to ask me just bro just very earnest like and it even says like very earnestly like it's nighttime why? also why? it is nighttime and they are children danny says i'm going to go over there tonight <laughs> danny and i could go over there tonight and ask him what he's doing oh, he's God. Like, you're going to go to his house and todd's like Todd's like, I've got to find out. I've worked so hard on my worm house. Did you, though? Reggie, I I don't want Patrick the copycat to do something better. And you hear that and you go, wait a minute. You've done a lot of work in these two sentences, my man. Yeah, you've you've made a lot of... You've you've created a villain. Yeah. The copycat 
whose secret identity is Patrick. Yeah. Yes. Who's Speaking. out to get you and your stupid box of worms and, and dirt. And to note, and in that sentence, at least in my copy, Patrick the copycat is capitalized yeah, properly. Yes, it is. Because it is. It is a, a title he has given him. Yes. That's what appears underneath his his uh, his nameplate in and on his tombstone on the CNN ticker when they finally interview Patrick about how he how he managed to escape the sex dungeon of Todd <laughs> <laughs> the worm whatever his last name is the worm wrangler worm wrangler Todd he says and then he you know he says like I'm gonna. I'm going to go to the house and I promise. And basically he's like, I promise I won't th- put a worm down your shirt if you tell me where he lives. And she's like, he lives here. And then he does it anyway. Cause he's a fucking like, he's a fucking awful cool human he's being. He's a piece of shit. Imagine living with somebody. Jo- Jojo, imagine you live with Holly and just imagine that literally at any point during the day, Holly does something that you absolutely hate. And no matter what you do to bargain with her, she her will stop. to make her stop. She still does it. She will. She will the da- not. The Danielle effect. Is yield. She Danielle, will. I don't want to hear about wieners anymore. Yes, you do. You just don't know it. Danielle yet. says, don't worry. I won't talk to you about wieners. And, and then, then she started talking about wieners. And then, chapter I'm, and then I'm taking a dump and she walks in the bathroom and locks the door and I can't get out. She starts talking about wieners. I mean, somebody's got to listen. <laughs> that is the podcast motto. Someone must listen to this. That's fucking Daniel's manifesto. <laughs> Someone's got to listen. So what's what's great here though is that uh, Regina gives him pretty much no information. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why she is the hero in this book. Other than like he lives at a house like one hundred something. Yeah, and so Todd, Todd's like. Okay. And then he says, look for 100, Todd said. That's Patrick's address. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> 100. It's his address. What? Like, why do you think? Because they're, they're, they're going down the street and she said he lives at 100 on this street. And, and then they're going and they're like, there doesn't really seem to be a 100 here. And I know this is before Google, but... <laughs> This guy's fucking... He's dumb as hell. He's so stupid. He's thick. And it's, it's hard to get a read on anything about him and his... Anything about him except for worms. Yeah. It Like, you don't know if he's good at school Mm-mm. or bad at school. You don't I don't know even if, know if he talks to people who aren't Danny. Yeah, I don't know if he can read. <laughs> if he could write his own name like most are most goosebumps protagonists or at least like main characters you get like a fair like okay like you're an average kid yeah he seems like he's been living in the basement with the worms yeah he definitely he's definitely got that vibe he's definitely like a, a bubble incel but this is the this is the best part of this whole shit because he goes to this fucking random house <laughs> as it turns out there was a 100 house it was a big house or something and uh later and then he's he's like oh she got me. <laughs> she um, pa- page 27. Um, and this is also why the first sentence is so strange in contrast, Ooh. because we said like at the start, omniscient narrator mm-hmm. knows everything, right? Well, we get this. Um, her bedroom door opened. Regina stepped out in the hall. She was pulling her uh, brown hair into a horsetail. <laughs> and she stopped when she saw Todd at the stop. And she's like, so how'd it go last night? Cause she's like, you know, she, she knows. knows she just made up a number. Yeah. And then Todd, serious as a worm attack, says, fine. Mm-hmm. Casually. It was cool. And she's like, 
did you go to Patrick's house? And he's like, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. No, no. He says, no, Danny and I decided to skip it. Yeah. We just hung out at Danny's. You fucking lying piece of shit. You can't get caught. Can't get caught. You can't show emotion. Nope. You must be like the worm. He, he must. He is as the worm. He's a murder worm. That whole scene. So that whole scene is so weird because it's, it's well, it's weird for uh, like 40 different. Yeah. Ways. There's a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's weird. The, bi- the big one is like, it's like, it's a theory of mind problem, right? So it's like, he acts like he knows that she knows <laughs> that he went there. So he's going to respond that he knows that she knows that he went there by saying he did leave, but didn't get caught up in her little, her yeah. little spider web. That's right. And she's going, it's so weird. He cared so much about this and then did nothing about it. Yeah. He must be lying. He, he, but he, why? This is a thing he does all the time you have to assume because we only get a snapshot of this amazing life (laughs) of these kids and this family like it's not that all these weird things he does are just like for the book if you want to like extrapolate like okay in the world that this is created in and in this family that exists and him and his sister he this is him constantly trying to save face Mm -hmm. from being the dumbest motherfucker And absolutely the strangest, most inconsequential. Like, just think about the stakes of this scene. He's trying to one up his sister that he both was correct in his petty desire to go see what someone else's worm project was. Mm -hmm. And also that he was willing to listen to her and not like fact check her information. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's both incredibly fucking stupid and gullible, but also weirdly obsessed with like dominating people in situations. He has to be the alpha or whatever. He's gotta be the alpha. He cannot, he cannot be wrong. Nope. He, oh God, he just imagine him as an adult. God. Oh yeah, what an asshole! Like because it's the weird thing. Picturing American Psycho. The the thing, yeah, and that is he's dumb American Psycho. <laughs> we've got dumb memento, and we've got he's dumb got, American. He's psycho. dumb American Psycho. <laughs> because here's look the thing. at this worm. I'm thinking of American Beauty. Yeah, this this, this whole look scene. At this worm in the worm in the breeze. In the roses. This this entire scene now because you so and you hit all the the important parts for the progression of the actual story right which is he he's like i have to find out what he's doing and you think that he's basically like i have to fucking stop him from doing it or fuck it up or something he gets fed wrong information believes it goes to the house you didn't discuss necessarily we we didn't talk about how it doesn't it was listen what happens in the house is inconsequential it's standard goosebumps bullshit but here's the thing about that is it's yes it's he goes to the house and it is the most plain obvious not another person's house that you've ever been to it's obviously it's, abandoned it is an abandoned fucked up house which every we, all signs point to <laughs> you've been goofed and he goes inside and sees um hold on i got to i got to do the sign so he, they go inside and they're like walking around this barren empty fuck up and they're just like where's all their furniture like he doesn't he he, this is a weird place for him to live. Sleep? They're still under the idea when they walk into yeah. this abandoned house that it's still Patrick's it's house. Fucking empty, and he's like, 
maybe they're redecorating. The only reason that they finally leave the house instead of probably continue to look for Patrick's room <laughs> in this fucking hovel <laughs> is this is the last page of chapter eight, which is the two boys made their way toward the living room. Their sneakers scraped over the dusty bare floor, which and I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Todd. Danny's also culpable in this yeah, dumb Danny's shit awesome. as well. Dan- well, okay, let's. Danny's his Barney rubble. He doesn't yes, know Jack. D- D- Danny goes along for the ride. Yeah. And he's just there for the laughs. Yeah. But Danny's also stupid as shit. Yeah. He's here for the lulls. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey, hey, Jeff, not so stupid. He did win the science fair. That he That's did win true. the science fair. He did pull that off. Something is weird here, Danny murmured. Something is very weird. <laughs> this is after they've already looked through most of the house. You see, and, and, and listen, but listen to how he says that. It's not that, like, I think you've been fooled. It's, Something's boy, weird. this whole situation's a little fucked this up. This is not how I thought my Thursday night was going to go. Jesus, if this is Thursday, that makes me sad. They both gasped as they stepped into the living room and saw the figure hunched at the window, saw the decayed green flesh of his face, saw the bones of his jaw open in a hideous toothless grin, saw his evil sunken eyes staring across the room at them. Chapter nine, they leave. (laughs) That's it. Yep, they just run. So there's no, (laughs) I just pass over. And, but what's, here's what's great though, right? Here's what's great. We got a lot. I mean, there's a lot, but the, this 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 narrator who we're dealing with, it's like we've never characterized the narrators in Goosebumps. No, we've never had to. Yeah, I think we have to in this one. Here's because he, well, if you think here's what this if if we look at what this story is like being about, right? It's like this guy who acts like he knows everything and can't be fooled. The narrator in this book. This, okay, this book is in first person. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Like, this book is literally a first person perspective book that he said that the narrator says Todd as if it's a character. Mm-hmm. That is how Todd thinks of himself. Yes. As sort yes. of an extant being. He's yeah. he's his he's separated from like he's fully separated from the idea that he couldn't know everything. Like a sociopath. Look at this look at this idiot who isn't me yeah. anymore. Right? Let's but you know, because I I know, but this fool didn't know. The only way he can save face in the long run is by separating himself from the stupid decisions. By literally splitting his sanity in (laughs) twain. Oh my god, this is a chronicle of madness. (laughs) This is the deepest psychological... This is an archaeology of one person's psychotic Oh my god. Because because it's, it's... and it's it's interesting that you you say that too. Oh my god, we could do a whole fucking thing on that. Hell yeah, we because could. in the book as it goes on, it tr- it continues to try to paint him as not as stupid as he actually is. <laughs> That's true. It's like trying to redeem him, even though he does some truly truly unhinged things. When when the worms start showing up into places, the narrator really tries to dive into like his internal monologue to be like, well, she, she seems so surprised. My sister, it couldn't be her. The worms must be doing it. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I just flipped to page 81. This is chapter 19. This is, this is well after. So, so like we said, this is well after he's been sort of like convinced or not convinced, but like he's starting to suspect the worms are after him. And we get this <laughs> in the bottom of page 81. When he arrived at school on Friday morning, oh, TGIF, mm. Todd found three worms, a page, uh, chapter 19, uh, by the way, um, wriggling out in his backpack. 
Listen to this fucking shit. He calmly carried them out to the front of the school and deposited them in the dirt under the long hedge that lined the building. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay calm, he decided. Not in quotation marks, by the way. No. It's like in, in italics. No, it nothing. It's just a sentence with a comma. It's just as the, the narrator continued talking. I don't know that we've ever, like, we should check this, but I don't know how Goosebumps characters think to themselves. Yeah. I don't think it's like this. But it, he then goes, um, they're only worms after all, and I like worms. I collect worms. I'm a worm expert. And it's like, Wormspurt. who Wormspurt. the fuck is talking now? Yeah, that's true. Because it's it's not attributed to anyone. The it's walls not. are breaking down. Between. The walls are crumbling. It sure is. Oh, boy, is it. So, like, and that's just, why would the narrator say it? Why would the narrator say it like it was the narrator doing it? Because the fucking story is about someone who lost their fucking mind. <laughs> this is sort of like, do you know what this sounds like? Thinking what about does it sound the, like, the overall Jeff? story is sort of like, is this like Fight Club? Yeah, this is. The narrator is tied to a chair and the other personality is telling the story. Yep. Fuck. And it's all based in in insecure You need to know why I did the thing I did and how I got to this point. Record scratch, freeze frame. You're yeah. probably wondering. Well, you're probably wondering what happened to me. Yeah, how did we it, get Danielle, here? What, what do you, Danielle, what do you got? Um, well, uh, my, my uh, I was just going to point out how incredibly much of a dick he is. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of options. There's a lot from. to go from, but this is like, to me, one of the first instances of seeing what like Todd, how, what an asshole he genuinely is. You get is. to see the real Todd. Yeah. You get to peel back the wallpaper, if you will. And so this was chapter 10 and it's uh, maybe halfway in. Um, and he is talking, Todd is, uh, reviewing the rival science fair projects in his mind. And he's looking at his sister trying to work on this big bird. And he's like, what losers Todd thought grinning. There's no way they're going to win the computer. Turning away, he glimpsed Danny's balloon solar system hanging on the back wall. One of the balloons, the ones closest to the sun, had already deflated. Pitiful, Todd thought, shaking his head. That's just pitiful. He sighed. Poor Danny. I guess I should have let him share in my project. He's an asshole. <laughs> what a, a fucking... His ego? Bonkers human being. This is, I think, the, one of the first Goosebumps characters that we can definitively point to, like, yes. the egomaniacal yes. elements. This of. is a villain a in training. Yeah. He's a villain. This is, a, this is like... He looks down on everybody as worms to him. Not just the worms. <laughs> everybody is Everybody's worms. worms. Everyone's, like, non-human, like, exists solely for his benefit. It's, and it's yeah. so weird. And this is just because I don't know if you've all known this person. You have. He's called Jeff Bezos. You've <laughs> <laughs> all known somebody. You who, are as worms to him. You are as worms. That's why he went to space to figure out how to step on us more he, better. He's like, oh, now they is worms. So I cracked him. Now I got to... Them. So there was there's there was always somebody, and it's the personality type I, I remember from school, who because they were so hyper specialized in one specific type of knowledge, 
that they thought themselves generally better than other people. You couldn't be talking about nerd culture. Could I you? couldn't be talking about nerd Jeff, culture. Jeff, Jeff, now hold on. Kind of sounds like you're talking about nerd culture. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. This is, and, and, and I know that it's like, it's relevant all the time because nerds have, oh, here's the thing. Nerds have always been not great. Mm. They're worse now, but they've always yes. been not great. Yeah. Um, but like, this is such an interesting take and it's so specific, like to that type of personality where it is like your ego is based in this one thing that you've hyper fixated on and you've made it your whole identity. And because somebody doesn't understand it to the extreme nature that you do, or at least invest as much time and energy into it that you do, then they are stupid. Yes. Jeff, I, are you suggesting that? <laughs> Jeff, are you suggesting that almost 20 years earlier, R.L. Stein predicted Gamergate? He, he predicted yes. Gamergate. He saw it coming. Everybody else, because it's not that, you know what? You know what? You know what a real gamer is, JoJo? A real gamer plays Madden. No, Jeff, fucking tell me. <laughs> no, they play Call no, of hey, Duty. A real gamer plays Call of Duty. Thank a real you. gamer plays Halo. If you play phone games, I'm sorry, if you just started playing Mobile? Final Fantasy and you're playing Final Fantasy playing 10 Bejeweled? first. Come on. I'm sorry, but you're not a real game. It's, this is, reminds me of all of those like screenshot tweets where it's somebody who is just like, if you really are into anime, girl, then why don't you tell me about all the characters in One Piece? Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't? Oh, oh well, I guess then. you don't know about it, do you? I saw that once. It was like this woman was dressed up in cosplay and um, she had like, I'm not going to say what the character is because it's part of what happened, but like um, someone was like, this is a really stupid bullshit gender Ben Joker. And someone responded with she's cosplaying as Dula Dent, the daughter of Harvey Dent. Yeah. <laughs> fucking learn your shit. Which is a deeper <laughs> oh, cut than man. you could be aware of. Oh, she got a deeper cut than you, bro. It is. Yeah. That's what I took away from this entire book and everything that, that Todd does is so gatekeeping mm -hmm. for worms. Yes. Gamer gatekeeping. <laughs> Worm keeping. He, he's, and he, it's in that same chapter, actually, the one that Danielle was just reading from where, where, where Patrick shows up. He doesn't know what Patrick's thing is yet. He knows Patrick is going to do something with worms. Todd's got his little fucking worm house set up. Patrick rolls in with a motherfucking skyscraper and an elevator and a it, bigger, a bigger, uh, wait, Hey, Je Hey Jeff, yeah. cut this part. A bigger penis is Danielle. A bigger penis as Danielle you. would say, I mean, come on the symbolism. Yeah. And, and it's the middle of that same chapter. Wow. Todd didn't want to show how upset he was, but he couldn't help it. His legs were trembling. His <laughs> mouth dropped open and he started to stutter, but, 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 and then internally, how am I going to fit that in here? Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. Danielle has somehow cast a spell upon Girls me. Girls probably wouldn't even want to worm that big. No, it's too big. Too much. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> one girl online said that it, they prefer them smaller. It's fine. Yeah, she said it's not the size of what Todd she would thought. <laughs> I don't believe this, Todd thought miserably. I built a crummy little worm house and Patrick built a skyscraper. It's not fair, not fair. Patrick doesn't even like worms. <laughs> First of all, you don't know you don't what know Patrick that. likes. You don't know. I mean, that's real. <laughs> what? Everything that Todd says and does is so awful gamer nerd for worms. It's like... It's it's so um, it's it's all I could see this whole book, which then gave me a mental image of Todd frantically tweeting so many things. Oh, my God. I can picture it. 
I didn't see you at WormCon 2017. Fuck, you didn't see him at WormCon. Fucking Jeff, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this whole thing is centered around him going to a convention, isn't it? Oh, my God, it is. This is about a guy fair. going to a con. The science fair is his con. Yes. This is yes. his comic con. Yeah, he Holy went there. Shit. He saw somebody dressed up as Harley Quinn. He's just like, this stupid SJW shit. Yeah, girl likes a Harley Quinn I, movie. I fucking, what's, here's what's fucking... How much more of this book do we need to talk about? We need really? to go. Uh, we I need, feel like we're getting in the territory of like, we're pretty much done. We, we, like we're well, getting to like conclusion I, area. I think we've got, well, I think we could hash out just like maybe what we're talking about now. And then let's jump to the, the end. The end. Yeah, it's, okay. It's okay. So it's, it's, it's fucking R.L. Stein. If, if, if for all of his, uh, for all of his many. Nostrastinus. 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 As we're going to have to start calling him. <laughs> well, what I think is sort of bonkers is this shouldn't have parallels. Right. right. I shouldn't be able to. And, but also like that it does indicates that even this ex, one, this existed even then. For oh, sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Always. This, this, these the people of this ilk. Yes. But also like. um. It's it's wild to me that like so many Goosebumps books have this issue of like um, we don't like the narrator, we don't yeah. like the character. Yeah. I should say to the point that it's intentional. I would have to argue. Like it definitely seems like a lot of the narrators we encounter are just like bad, yeah. and not bad in a sense of like well they're obviously in progress. No, so, like there are some who are like that, and it's easy to notice. This guy is genuinely bad. Yes. Like Goosebumps books are very, to me, like sort of nihilistic. They do tend to have a sort of cynical. There's never a, there's rarely a hero. No. There's never a hero. There's never a sense that someone is like watching out for you. No, you're always on your own. And also like it's it, the, the bad things happening are rarely because somebody tried to do something good mm -hmm. and then they're suffering like the hardship of their, of, of, of being the better person. Yeah. It's usually person made a bad decision or is a bad person. Yep. And that and is continues now, to do so. Yeah, and, it, and doesn't evolve at it all. Does not evolve and does not learn from it. And it's tails. It just is a tailspin of shit. <laughs> is that the new tailspin? It is a new tailspin. It's a new tailspin. <laughs> and it's just like a because it's always it's always I did this bad thing. They become more aggravated during the book, and then they say they lose all sense of like uh, nicety, and they're just like fuck it. Let's go. Let's go to ten. Like be like be careful like be careful what you wish for is like like that's that's like the baseline kind of character. Yes, yeah. it's like exactly. the character who is they're petty, insecure. They're, they're they're petty, they're insecure, but also they're sure of their superiority. Yeah. Yes, which is a dangerous combination. They're, they're sure of this thing they know. All the characters, I think, if we went back and did like a study of all the characters, every single one of them has no sense of like empathy. No, they're very like I don't I don't recognize the there's, humanity of of But there's other. but the, but then we get to but there's so, there's something weird though that happens because like there are times when when RL Stein does kind of dip into characters who you are empathetic for, who you do feel like uh this is a good person and they're and and I don't know if I can confirm this but they're they're people who sort of appeal to family. 
They're people who sort of mm. appeal to the power of family for help. I, so like I, interesting. In, in Living Dummy 2, mm-hmm. the reason why that story, I think, has a mostly happy ending is because like the she asks back. her family. Yeah, she gets right. her family to help her. Right. The, the, the one, Monster Blood. The only reason that story kind of works out is because like ultimately he doesn't try to kill his his bonkers <laughs> aunt. Um fucking uh uh werewolf skin uh, is that he werewolf he, 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 the, the story of werewolf skin is literally about a kid trying to save his family from a curse. Yeah. Like that's that of the few characters in all the goosebumps we've read so far which there's only like two or three I can think of who were truly like doing something the the, the conflict came from them trying to do the right thing. Does R.L. Stein think that kids are just not good? Well, I mean, kids are very selfish and they don't really have a lot of empathy yet because they don't have enough life experience to. Yeah, that's like, true. Kids are true. shitty. Yeah. Like they're not necessarily evil, but they sure are fucking little shits. They're instinctual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, it's almost like the lesson is direct your selfishness to better maybe help those you should care about <laughs> and you'll and it'll work out exactly there is a part on page uh 103 chapter 24 this is like um uh he this is this is him this is after todd is sort of like he's incredibly suspicious of what's happening he thinks maybe the worms are getting out of their <laughs> tank and attacking me i don't know he's fully subscribed to the idea yes. that the worms yeah, he's are fully, he's fully in he's fully he's added q to his mentions <laughs> um and what happens is he sees his dad went down in the middle of the night to look at the worm tank i w- I, I was so excited to think that maybe it was the dad I was too. Oh my god! That was a seed. So they seeded it earlier, where like the mom and and Reggie and and Todd were at the dinner table, and Todd was like, "You put the, to Reggie because he found worms in his head." He was like, "You fucking did it, Reggie! You fucking did it!" And she was like, "I didn't do it." And then the mom was like, "Maybe Reggie's like, been dead for ten years." <laughs> One of them makes like a comment that like, "What did your dad do it?" And then they all laugh because they thought the idea of his dad Dude, doing it was so ridiculous. That would have been fan fucking tastic. So I was excited when this scene popped up. I was just like, "Oh, if they if it is somehow the dad, that would have been." And then but I the way it works out is so fucked up because it's like the dad has like zero sympathy mm-hmm. for what Todd is going through. It's a mm-hmm. real ass scene though. Yeah, it it's, is. Well, it's you look at it and you're like this this almost points to why he is this way. Honestly, you know? his parents are not great. None of his parents, parents aren't are great. great. They're very they're they're disconnected mm-hmm. from him like mm-hmm. who he is. He literally says like this thing that you obviously care about, the worms. I'm just going to throw him out almost yep. like whimsically, like fuck this, get over it. And, and he can't protest. And, and also the dad very clearly shuts down the mom, like yeah. immediately when yeah. she asks any and questions. And the dad hasn't been present the entire book. No, he no. is absolutely just fucking doing his own just thing. Just there. He, his first time showing up in the book is coming down the stairs with a baseball bat. Yes. When when Todd is down in the basement, yeah. So the prospect being that his dad's gonna fuck his him dad's up gonna fuck somebody up possibly, thinking he's a burglar. It's it's weird because the it's it's this interesting thing about the way the parents and I know we're gonna get to the end at some point, but <laughs> the way the parents are sort of like shown in this book is that we don't actually get anything about the parents until fairly late in the book, like yeah. really near the end. Yeah. And, and what we see we don't like. We yeah. do not like. Well, it's weird because there's I have a note here for myself as I was reading um, Get Milk. 
<laughs> get oat milk, first of all. Uh, oh, it's, it's the 20. It's 20s. good milk. Extra creamy, please. Yeah, it's good. Um, so there's a chapter. It is. Is this late in the book or early in the book? No, it's like middle. It is. Okay, it's chapter 14. Okay. Okay. It's the weirdest chapter. And I don't know if anyone else caught this. We say that a lot. We are yeah. saying that about a lot of it. It is the weirdest. So this is chapter 14. This is more than halfway through the book. This book is not very long. No, really. it's quite short. It's quite short. It's like 25 or 26 chapters. So we've already met everybody. Everything's already happened for the most part. And now the book is getting to the point where it's like it's it's starting to go into what the actual plot is. Up until chapter 14, it's just Todd being a piece of shit. of just Todd being fucking asshole. At this point in the previous chapter is when Todd cuts the worm in half and... It, the thought is put into his brain from Regina that worm's like bad. that that's bad to worm's, do. The worm saw bad. that happen, which good on her. Yeah, fuck with this. Like brain. Regina is the fucking queen of this book. She rules. Chapter fourteen is like the start of a new book. Yeah, the entire chapter reads like it is the first chapter of the book because it gives us so much foundation for what Todd's house and day is like. It starts with him being woken up by his mom, who we haven't met yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. This is good. This she's is good. she's like, rise and shine. And he's like, why does she say that every morning? Rise and shine. He pulled himself. And it does this sort of internal monologue like, this is what every morning is like. I wake up. My mom yells down to yeah, me. Also, like, his internal monologue is like, why the fuck can't she just, like, shake it up? Like, why the fuck can't I just have a clock radio to wake me up? Why does your motherfucker just saying the same shit? Why can't you think something new? Fucking get some new material. God, fuck. That's basically his normal. Fuck you. <laughs> it is it is it is so much like foundation building mm-hmm. in chapter 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I was reading this, I literally left myself a note. So like there's even like three pages in, there's it's him he could hear Regina downstairs arguing about something with his mom. Regina likes to argue in the morning. It was their way she got her mind into gear. She argued about what to wear, what she wanted for breakfast. Todd's mother never learned. She always argued back so they had pretty noisy mornings. Todd liked to sleep as long as possible. Then he took his time getting dressed. Hey, art like, imitates life, huh, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all this just like description of like what a day in the life is, yeah. which is so weird to read in the middle of the book. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and I wrote a note to myself. I was just like, this should have been like chapter one. Like, yeah, this the has, sequence is weird. The vibe is chapter one because it's yeah. also the first time we meet Todd's mom, mm-hmm. who is super duper like... So- so we have this vibe. It's super weird in the middle. Yeah. To what end do you think this serves, Jeff? Well, it's it's a change. It, this is basically like now it's his his conspiracy theory brain life. Yes. It's it's we're getting what his normal day would have been like, but now the worms are interjecting into it. Because there is really like that very definite turn of like he cuts the worm. The worm, worm has turned. Yeah. The worm cutting hurt. Cutting the worm was him basically opening the lock to. He split the story in two when he yes. cut the worm. He splits the story in two. So now it's a new story starting with Todd as not as unlikable, weirdly enough. Yeah. Through most of it. In this chapter, he's he's like yelling at his sister a lot, but like he starts to doubt things. It's the first time we start seeing him not be so sure mm-hmm. about his understanding of worms and what they can and can't do. He starts yeah. to have doubts creep into his mind. Like his reality somehow becomes less like... Uh, fixed yeah it, it's it's more like fluid yeah it, so it yeah. is like a new beginning it's like when jojo does that bit where he starts the thing and he's like oh wait never mind let me go back <laughs> rewind hi it's me rl St-. it's like that bit. <laughs> what are you guys talking about <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about 
but it's but this is also the first time that we meet the parents. The parents are not present at all in in the first half of the book, no. and, and because it is very much this aggressive sort of like these kids are almost sort of like it's psychological warfare with one another. Yes, and now we bring in these parental figures, and the mom is so in, is so mom like. Yeah, it's it's a weird sort of snapshot where it's like you have a very normal life. You'd think a kid who just keeps worms everywhere is a fucking weirdo. <laughs> but no, he's got a normal. His family. mom's like, eat breakfast. I'm yelling, I love you. You shouldn't wear your hat. I want to see your hair. But she lets him wear his hat to school every day. Yeah, like she's chill. It's it's it's. This book is all the dad. This book, <laughs> yeah, but, dad the, but, but it was that thing that it made me think about this when you're talking about the dad coming down and like taking away this thing. Is that like these these are characters, these parents supposedly who allowed their son to literally uh, let his life revolve around mm-hmm. worms. I mean, for it, a while at least, it fucking yeah. shut him up and kept him busy. Hell, but it's to it, distract him. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is like talking about the intentional nature of some of the stuff in this book. Is mm-hmm. it seems super intentional that as soon as that that thread, that worm, that worm, that worm thread was cut, mm-hmm. is that now we we see this? We see almost like the real life. Before it was Todd's perspective of like uh, egotistical, like this is through Todd's eyes. He's smarter than everyone. You're pitiful. You're stupid. And now after the worm is cut, we actually see in real life what is his life like. His mom's super nice. He gets in fights with his sister. He's super questioning things that he believes and doesn't believe. Mm -hmm. His dad tells him that he's going to take away the thing he loves and Mm -hmm. he can't argue against it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this thing that he's invested time and energy into. Yes, he becomes fallible. This is what happens when he stops trying to get even and starts getting real. (laughs) Welcome to the real world. Welcome to the worm asshole. <laughs> Welcome to the worm. So it's real. So I guess the question I pose is: Was it the worm that was cut in two, or, or was, was it, it Todd, or was mm. it, or are they who's one and the re- same? Who's really the worm in this situation? Well, Jeff, if you recall, when you cut a worm in half, you get two worms. But boy, if it isn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. Should we should we just kind of wrap up the end so of this? this book? Was, oh yeah, so so yeah, the ending. Do you have do you have another thing, Danielle? Yeah, I just want to I just want to point out um, the two like super serial killer moments that Todd has, and this is this is what's leading up to that turn where he's fucking standing there, and he sets a long worm down on the table. Regina and her friend Beth are there watching. He sets it down on the table and picked up a pocket knife. You watch Which him? he just Which had. Which he just had. Which he just had. Which should be illegal. It's weird when Goosebumps characters have weapons. Knowing yes. this kid that he probably had a knife the whole book up to right? that point is very disturbing. Like the number of animal murders that he kept out of this book. A squirrel is just like a worm but furry and big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's just like you watching? And then with one quick motion, he sliced the worm in half. And then he looks like at the Like it didn't girls. even phase him. Like he felt nothing at all. Exactly. <laughs> should because the worms are his thing. Yeah, he's supposed to like them. But then but, he says like, wouldn't it be cool if you could cut yourself in half? Yes. 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 That Partner. Was the, so there, wouldn't it be cool if people, you know, your bottom half goes to school is, and your top half stays home and watches TV? Is he the, is, is he, does he become the scientist from the human centipede? <laughs> Certainly seems that way. Centipedes and worms are not too far from one another in terms of in terms of them having being long. (laughs) This book is ahead of its time. It really is. 
This is Fight Club before Fight Club. This, this is this is gamers before gamers. Gamers before Gamergate. It's everything. Everything. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Geesebumps is just one piece of comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy Crew. You can check out all the cool stuff we do at mom-hat.com. That's mom-hat.com. Also, Mom Hat now has a uh, online store where you can get merch if you so choose. We have sweatshirts and water bottles and I think stickers as of this recording. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's links. There'll be links in the description below. Look down. Hey, look, look, look yeah. underneath this. Look below the fold. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, and I think the next episode of our show is going to be coming out in um, uh, December the the eighth. December. Uh, is that the? Is that was that D Day? That's uh, my dad's birthday. Hmm. Is my dad's birthday on D Day? <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what we're going to read yet, but I'm sure it'll be an R.L. Stein book. It's going to get real, real, real fast. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Um, hope you get to spend it with your loved ones and it's very nice and safe. If you go um, shopping the day after Thanksgiving, be nice. Be nice every day when you go out shopping. Yes. Treat retail workers nice. Yeah, they have yeah. to deal with your dumb bullshit. They have to deal with you. They have yeah. to deal with your fucking ass. They don't know. There's nothing in the back. Stop asking. Nope. They're not and hiding anything they're from not you. Hiding. They don't own the store. They don't it's really give a shit. They just want to go home. They just want you to leave them alone. They don't know why you didn't use Amazon for this. They yep. don't know. They can't figure it out. No. And you're not helping. Daniel, do you have anything to say about reviews? Well, okay. So when I was a kid, I like this book really kind of hit a nerve with me because I loved unicorns. Well, actually, I still love unicorns. Let me Let me not try to hide who I am. I really love unicorns and I was like eight or so and I had this pink room with this fucking fantastic unicorn um, border. Um, you know, like the when it was like the big chunk of wallpaper that just went around the room in one yeah. ring. Yeah, it was like that. And they were so pretty. It was like, oh, these just like happy little unicorns frolicking and I loved it. And then one day I went to karate class and this motherfucker in my karate class told me a story about a little kid who loved Smurfs and had Smurfs all over everything, like on his sheets, on his wallpaper, on his fucking underwear. I don't know. And he started one day, one day this kid just started hating Smurfs and saying, I hate Smurfs all the time in their actual presence while they were there watching. And then one night he went to sleep and they woke up the next morning. He was dead. What is happening? And, and the Smurfs all had blood coming out of their mouths. Okay. So I naturally assumed that this would happen to me with my unicorns. So I spent every day saying, I love unicorns. And I think it got itself into my psyche because like now I feel like I don't have a choice. I don't know if this is a real story or not anymore. This is a fucking real story. So leave us a review. Five stars <laughs> is nice. Five stars helps us a lot. Let us be the Smurfs in yes. your life. Let us be the looming presence that threatens vaguely and, uh, and gently terrifies. Yeah, vaguely. That's what we're doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So five star reviews really help. And as you can see, I I need help. So if you can give any help at all. Five star reviews really put a lot of money towards our health care. Yeah. It, it, it's going towards a lot of a lot of things that are broken. So, you know, it, 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 Thanksgiving is a good time to give back. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Danielle, do you want to read that last, uh, that last, very last uh, segment of the book? Yeah, from literally that last like paragraph. You're collecting butterflies now, Danny asked in surprise. Todd nodded. Butterflies are so gentle, so pretty, he said, concentrating on his work. Todd has changed a lot, Regina announced, appearing at the bottom of the stairs. He isn't into gross anymore. Now he's into things that are soft and beautiful. Let me show you some of my most beautiful butterfly specimens, Todd told Danny. I have a few monarchs that will knock your eyes out. Everyone was happy about Todd's new hobby, especially Regina. There were no more cruel practical jokes played in the Barstow house. Then one night... Todd gazed up from his work table and uttered a horrified cry as he saw the big creature fluttering toward him. An enormous butterfly, as big as a bedsheet, carrying an enormous silver pin. What are you going to do? Todd cried. Nice to end. My name is Jojo and... I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I have a Mothman HD. My name is Jeff, and I like worms more than you guys. Fuck <sighs> off. Whatever. Yeah. This has been Geesebumps, the Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to.